Well, welcome, Kevin and Kerry. How are you guys? Good, Liam. How are you doing? Yeah, it's cool. Good to see you guys and, um, you know, to see you and to be part of this. We're, we're stoked. Mm-hmm. We wish we could be there in person, obviously, but mm-hmm. um, okay. glad for technology and that we're able to see each other across the globe, across time. Um, you know, and this will be fun. I know. Well, what is it now? We're in, we're in May. It would have been a month ago. You would yeah. have been a month ago. You would have been here. Yeah. 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 In the flesh. Yeah. I know. Next year. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yep. We yeah. still have our plane tickets. We, we've got two years to use them. You'll see us. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We will. Hey, well, maybe we'll just kick off the first question um, for those of you, for those, sorry, watching that, um, you know, don't know you guys. Uh, just maybe share, um, I always like asking this one, three, three people alive who you would like to have dinner with right now. Um, and if, if COVID wasn't happening and you could, people could fly all around the world, it would be three people besides me and Shen. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Of course. <laughs> given, given. Given. Um, that you would, you guys would like to have dinner with. You can go three each. Hmm. Do you want to go first? Sure, alive, I'll go first. Alive, so can't, and you can't say Jesus. Okay. <laughs> um, so number one would be my son, Noah. I would want to have dinner with him. Yeah. I mean, we talk to him, we text, but I would love just to um, – he hasn't been home in like a year anyway, so it would just be good to have him home no matter what. So, um, so Noah's number one on my list. Um, Ooh. That's such a mom answer so, right there. I'm, but it's true. I get it. Um, <laughs> so, um, ooh. Um, in this season, there is an author that I have just been loving. And if he would come eat dinner with me, I would just want to just ask him just to talk. And I just would want to listen. Randall, Randall Worley. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. What, so. what are you reading? What's the book? Um, so the one, um, what is the name of it? Well, I can't think of wandering it. And wandering. wandering and wandering. So it's about transition. Cool. And it's just gold. Like, like it, oh, I've just loved him. So I've never read, I've never um, read anything by him before this. So I, I listen to his podcast, but I can only do like one a week. Cause there's like your brain hurts. You're like, Oh my goodness. There's so much stuff in there. I've read that book like four times in the, in a year and I can't, I can only read a couple pages and I'm like, and then I'm like, Kevin, this is, this is what he said. Can you believe this? You know, I get so like excited because it's like, and then I just chew it and chew it and the Lord talks a little bit, but it's also just been such a like, it's like, he's been listening to like what the Lord's been saying to me. And it's like, I, so it's just been such a kindred spirit without knowing a person, it just felt so kindred. Um, yeah. So, yeah. He's Bill Johnson's favorite theologian. Is he? Yeah, I've heard Bill say that. He says he's, he's uh, my, Randall Wall is my favorite theologian. Just, I could be wrong. Just, Bill, no, I just, <laughs> I've just loved him. I, I have. So, um, all right, you go, you say two. I'm going to think of my third one. Yeah, well, um, uh, first of all, confession, I'm a dad. And when you said I wasn't thinking my kids, um, 
So uh, uh, that I'll give that to Carrie. Carrie gets a point, a parent point yeah. for that. Well, um, <laughs> I, I struggled with the uh, the the um, the living people. Apparently, all my favorite people are dead. So, um, uh, so uh, I'll have to say. So my first one is is Bono. Um, just because I was a huge U2 fan growing up. He made such an yeah. impact on my life. Um, and um, so, but I'd, I have a ton of questions for him about his personal journey with faith and things of that nature. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I think Bono would be one, um, uh, especially uh, maybe to honor the 1980s kid um, that's still within me that would just say, oh yeah, it has to be Bono. Um, the second one, um, believe it or not, and I'll just say like today, um, would be, uh, um, Mark Sayers. So fellow Melburnian, you know, pastor, we pastored, yeah, we pastored churches, you know, 10 minutes from each other for eight years. And I think our paths crossed once. Um, and so anyways, uh, Mark, if you're listening, wow, that's crazy. (laughs) So, Mark, if you're listening, um, we can grab a cup of coffee when I'm there, uh, possible. So you, You've probably both been at Eastland or Doncaster and didn't even know. That's yeah, probably yeah. true. So uh, maybe Mark, just because he's like, to me, he's like a spiritual sociologist. Um, and I think specifically speaking into the times that we're facing right now, I think God has given him an unbelievable prophetic gift, whether he would call it that. I think that's one of the things that, that God has. Um, and so anyways, I just got a, a bunch of questions for him, too. Uh, So two people, Bono, Mark Sayers. um, And then I don't know the, the, the third one um, um, would have to be, um, I know this is going to sound like, man, I'm just having a hard time narrowing this one down. Um, Man, because all these dead people are going through my head right now. Um, I don't know. You have a, you have your third person. Sure. Um, Well, I have so many people that I would like to have dinner with. Um, Okay, first, the location of my dinner that I would choose as well would be Tea and Dot. Um, In Box Hill. In Box Hill. Okay. Oh, well, that makes it it easy for for Mark. I don't know if uh, Noah or Randall would appreciate that, but yeah. 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 So, yeah, I don't know. It's so hard. That's such a... a, um, well, since Lisa Kerr might be listening, I'd love to go to Tea and Dot and oh, have Vietnamese sure food with Lisa Kerr. So that would be fun. Another carry point. <laughs> <laughs> She's killing you, man. Seriously. Yeah. So you don't know. Okay. You don't want to have dinner with Dave Kerr? Of course. If he, especially if he's shouting. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, well, you need to. Bono. Yeah. All right. That's good. That's good uh, enough. Well done, well done, Curse. You guys, that's special. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome, awesome. Hey, well, um, why don't you guys share about? I know I love this story, and it's. I think it's for me. It's it's one of. Uh, for me, it's one of. I, I often will refer to this as one of the best stories in terms of the journey you guys have been on to where you are now. I know, you know, I know you seven years you were the senior leaders of um of Vineyard here. Seven years? Seven and a half years? Almost eight, yeah. Seven and a half, yeah. And um, you know, I hear constantly about from people, you know, oh Kevin and Kerry were the ones that helped me in in hearing God's voice and the 
the things of the kingdom and the prophetic and, and really spark that, um, you know, in my life. And I just, I chuckle because I'm like, ah, oh, this is, it's just the best who God will use um, knowing the background and knowing the history of, of you guys. So why don't you share how your spiritual gifts kind of journey um, in, in a, in a somewhat condensed version. Cause I know it's a long, a long, a long yeah, story. I'll try to, I'll put a timer on and see if I can do it in five minutes. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, so I grew up in a great church. They loved Jesus, loved the word of God, had a heart for missions, but really the Trinity was the father, son, and Holy scriptures. Um, there was no expression. We didn't know what the Holy spirit did except two things. Uh, the Holy spirit helped you understand scripture um, and also convicted you of sin. So uh, if you like the Bible passage, that must be the Holy Spirit. And if you felt really bad about something you did, that's definitely the Holy Spirit. Anything else, we didn't really know. He was kind of like the backstage manager. He was behind the scenes, but we didn't really know what he did. So, um, uh, and that anybody who like really knew the Holy Spirit, those people were dangerous, stay away from that. So, um, and I was fine with that. But then when I was 16, I, I gave my life to Jesus because God spoke to me. It's the only way I knew. Um, but I thought that was like an event, um, kind of like a burning bush moment with Moses, not a lifestyle. Um, so I never was a full cessationist. I was uh, that uh, uh, cessationist believed that the gifts of the Holy Spirit ceased to exist once the, the canon of scripture was written. So, but I was what I would call a practical cessationist. So that means that, you know, while I thought the gifts were still for today, I didn't know what that looked like. And I definitely didn't know if I wanted them because um, anyone I ever knew that that said that they were, were uh, involved in the gifts of the Holy Spirit freaked me out. And so um, I just stayed away from it. I'm like, you know what? Um, I've got enough crazy people in my life. I'm a youth pastor. I don't need to add more. And so flash forward, fast forward to um, – uh, years later, I've been in ministry for a while, saw God do some crazy things and amazing things with, with kids. And someone invited me to go hear a prophet. And I said, a what? And he goes, yeah, come and see, meet this prophet. I'm like, no, thank you. I had one other experience with prophecy and it wasn't good. So I'm like, no, definitely not. He goes, well, some of your young adults are going. So, and I'm like, well, then I should go to find out how nutty this guy is. To protect him. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, and, and uh, I didn't want to be one of those guys that just from afar said, this is dangerous, stay away from it. I wanted to f- see it up close to tell them why this is something you should not stay away from. That you stay away from. So on the way, actually, and I said to Carrie, hey, I'm going to go check out this prophet. And uh, I said, do you want to come? And she goes, absolutely not. I am not wasting babysitting on something like that. And that was Carrie's response. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) Oh, it's so funny how God works. So I show up, um, and on the way there, I pray, Lord, first of all, I don't think this is from you. And so if it's it's not from you, give me wisdom and discernment. If it's from the devil, protect me. Um, It's funny because I actually would give the devil more credit for supernatural stuff than the Lord. But anyway, so I said, protect me from that. And I said, Lord, if this is from you, and I'm about 98% sure it's not, but if this is from you, there's three things going on in our life that only Carrie and you and I know about. And so if this is from you, you, uh, you speak to those three things. And then there was maybe still a little bit of going, 
And Lord, if this is also from you, he's a prophet and he's going to know everything going on in my life. He's going to read my mail and talk about every sin that I've ever had. So I repented of everything I've ever done. In the five months that I was there. So, um, but anyway, so I get there and I don't know what a prophet was supposed to look like. I thought maybe a staff and a beard and a robe, but he, it wasn't like that at all. Some of you guys know who it was. It was a guy named David Wagner. And so uh, we were at a house meeting. And David prayed for me, and in 30 seconds hit all three things that I knew that I asked the Lord to speak up. Uh, so then I, I knew God was doing something. I knew it was supernatural. And it was, this was either like divination, like satanic, like, you know, fortune telling, or it was Jesus. And I was pretty sure it was Jesus because I had a hunger for Jesus leaving that meeting that I didn't have going into it. And so I was a Bible guy. Now I got to figure it out. If this is for today, I better figure out what this is supposed to look like. Came home, told Carrie about it. She was less than impressed. And so then I'll let you have your story after that. <laughs> and both. Yeah, so, um, so at the time that this was all happening, I had been kind of, I mean, I had been praying these prayers in church. Like, there has to be more than this, God. This just can't, this can't be it. Like, I know I'm like something's not right. Like I'm missing something. Um, and, but I, um, a couple of times, like I would, I would feel like this urge to pray to the Holy spirit. Um, and I would say to Kevin, I really feel like I'm supposed to be praying to the Holy spirit. And he's like, yeah, we don't do that. And I was like, yeah, but I, I mean, I really feel like it's God who might be telling me that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we don't do that. And so I was like, oh, okay, you know, um, so um, anyways, but I would, I would just sit in church and pray that prayer because everything, the language we use was having a personal relationship with Jesus, but I didn't know like how to have a personal relationship with the person of Jesus. I knew how to have a, a relationship with the scriptures yeah, of yeah. Jesus. And so it was all here. And I'm quite, I mean, I'm just generally wired as a heart person. And I just wanted to have this heart connection with Jesus. Like there were people who would come up to me and I'm a pastor's wife and people are saying, I just love Jesus so much. And there were, there would be like this, like anger inside of me. Mm. And I would just feel so bad. Like, why do I feel that way? You know? And, and I think, you know, I don't know if it was like, a just anger or what that exactly was. But um, I was crushed. Like I was just like this crushed person who wanted and was hungry for something, but just felt like it was out of my reach and it wasn't accessible to me. So anyways, Kevin comes home and he has these experiences with this prophet and that feeling came up again, which was a, a feeling of like, you know, just anger or, I don't trust that or anyway. So I kind of just shut it down. And I think when I look back, like my religious spirits had religious spirits. Um, <laughs> and so no joke. Um, so I think it was just, <laughs> Oh, and you know, um, but anyways, it was months later that my other, uh, uh, two friends of mine, a couple, we, they're like, we're going to go see this guy, David Wagner. Do you want to come with us? And I was like, sure. And it was a blizzard. So we were like the only people who showed up. There was two other people there. There was five people in the room. And I was like, okay, I called my friend. I was like, Carly, we are not wearing our wedding rings. I'm going to wear my tracky decks and like sneakers and like 
I, there's no tells. Like, I don't want this guy to be able to tell anything about me. Not wearing a name tag. Nothing. Like nothing. Like when I got there, like, would you like to put a name tag on? I'm like, yeah, nice try. Yeah. <laughs> Not happening. Um, so anyways, so I sit down in the chair and he is, so here's this crush person, really resistant, totally hungry, you know, um, and he walks up to me and he just kept saying, Jesus just wants you to know that he's big enough to carry you. He can carry you. He can carry you. And he must have said my name like a dozen times over and over and over again. And he began to like just prophesy like right to my heart. Like it wow. was just like, and I just like melted. Like it was just like, I just, it was like, okay, whatever this is. I don't even like my head can't comprehend it. I don't have an understanding, but my heart is like, yeah. I've been looking for this my whole life. I, and wow. I, I, this is the water, like this is the water I've been thirsty for. So what is this? You know, what do you have that I don't have? So, so Carrie, and so that started a journey really of then going, Carrie's going, my heart's coming alive because I'm hearing the voice of the one I've always wanted to love. Mm. Um, in, in some ways. So we didn't, but, and we knew that it wasn't meant to be an event through someone else, that yeah, yeah. that was the doorway into a way of having a relationship with God. I'm trying to get back to the fact, uh, to the going, what I just experienced feels the same as when I was 16 years old and heard, um, God speak to me and I gave my life to Jesus. Yeah. So, um, for both of us, while it was different, our hearts came alive when we realized that the, the, the God of creation not only knows us enough to save us, but knows the intimate details of our life because he loves us and he likes us mm. and he wants us to draw closer to him. Thank and you. so that just began like a heart journey, not just into the gifts. That was, those were like the doorways um, to, get in, to getting closer to Jesus to actually having a relationship, not with a, a God who stays in church um, or stays in our minds in theology, which I love theology, but actually pierces our hearts on daily matters that we need to know. And so like hearing God's voice, prophecy, healing, all those to me are like tools in a toolbox of actually heart connection oh. with, for ourselves and then introducing other people to that same God who st speaks today uh, and knows the intimate and intricate details of our life. So what what would you guys, because I, I oh, so good, so much God on that. What would you guys <laughs> say, um, you know, to someone who, who's like, oh, I, 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 I want to learn how to prophesy or I want to grow in that gift or I want to grow in healing or I want to grow in words of knowledge or, because I know, you guys then systematically went through, you know, all the nine gifts of the spirit and just were like, okay, what is this scripturally? How does this that work practically? Um, you know, what would you guys say to people who are open? They're not, they're not like, this is not real. This is not from the Lord that are like, I want to, I want to learn how to hear God's voice clearer. I want to learn how to prophesy um, more accurately, you know, all those things. Well, our experience was um, we were somewhere that um, didn't have an ex 
an ability to express those things. That was our church experience in that season. So one is, uh, I guess there's two things and they might seem contradictory, but I think there's a tension in them. So um, one is that you have the Holy Spirit, um, ask him to teach you and to guide you um, and to bring people into your life who know more than you do um, and to humble yourself um, to really humble yourself and be teachable to those people um, because they're going to say things and push you and direct you in ways that are going to feel uncomfortable and risky and um, but um, trust them um, that uh, you're just trust them because they know something you don't know and you don't know what you don't know. Um, and the greatest gift for me was that God brought a spiritual father into our lives who just taught me how to prophesy. And I didn't know you could learn how to prophesy. I, I didn't know that. And I just, you know, kind of just latched on to this guy. And I would only see him four times a year at the very, very most. But when he was, the, when he was around, when he was in our region, I would just sit and I would take notes. I would take my, my kids at the time were toddlers and they would sit next to me and it would be 10 o'clock at night. And, you know, you're hungry. So get fed, you yeah. know? Yeah. And be around people who can feed you. Um, um, but also like you have the Holy spirit. And um, so he also is going to teach you and guide you and lead you. Um, awesome. But find people who are running um, after these things um, and get alongside of them and really um, have a, an attitude of humility. Um, that's a, that's a big thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll take a, a stab at that too. Carrie, Carrie kind of shared a lot of our, you know, for, for us, we were like learners. And we, um, so for us, it was, it started with information. So we started reading every book out there which was great because it gave us a lot of information and understanding. Um, and then when we actually got to us and we had a little bit of impartation, which is Carrie's talking about with, you know, and us coming around a spiritual dad who kind of walked us through some stuff. We were getting impartation without us even knowing what that was, but that's what was happening. So that was important. Um, but then it, there still comes a point where you have to um, pursue. It's like Carrie said, you have the Holy spirit. But it also says in Luke to ask and seek and knock. And so um, it was about pursuing the Holy Spirit. But then, especially when we came to Australia, now we're leading a vineyard church. And we knew the history of the vineyard. Now I'm trying to lead this church. We're trying to lead a church that has had lots of information and or experiences in the Holy Spirit. And I was like deathly afraid that the whole church would find out that we didn't know Jack. Like we, we could talk a good name, good game, but like, we didn't have like, and so I just, we just kept praying, God, you've got to give us experiences to back up what we had now learned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that's a dangerous prayer. Um, but it's an important one. And then I want to piggyback up on one last thing Carrie said, because she talked about finding other people. She said, talked about um, being humble uh, and learning from them. I'll actually take it a step further to truly grow in any spiritual gift. And I would actually say any spiritual um, truth. Um, God can do whatever he wants, but the way you're going to grow 
exponentially is through submission. That's a dangerous word in our culture because it's been misused as spiritual abuse or whatever. Um, And and that, that's a reality that I can't tell you is never going to be there, but actually following Jesus as a disciple is a process of submission. Um, and, and it's surrender. and surrender. So there's a humility to say, um, again, not blindly, but to say, um, I need what's on your life and I'm going to sur- submit to the spiritual authority that's on you. Um, again, not in a wacky way, but that's how you learn. You know, that's it. If, if you're going to have spiritual mothers and fathers in your life, then the same principle that you say to your kids that, that's in scripture of children, obey your parents unto the Lord or children, honor your mother and father, that it may go well with you. It is impossible to grow spiritually to the depth that God has for you and not put yourself under the spiritual authority of a spiritual mother and father. Um, and that means they may say things that may be really hard for you to hear. So, um, and they're going to push you to be, more than you want to be pushed to be. So anyways, um, that's, can I add one more thing? Yeah. I think one, the times when, um, when I have, you know, you start to like experience the gifts and you're just like, Oh, it's so cool. It's like so exciting. It's so awesome. Like I do hear God. And you know, um, and then you see people who are like, you know, just like excelling in the gifts. And I mean, you're just in awe of how God, the anointing that's on their lives and what God's doing. But I I think the sweet spot, like, and so sometimes I'm like, I just, I just want to be a lion. Like, I just want to be a lion for God. And I I do think there is, that is like, that's good. But most often, like my Mm -hmm. heart posture has to be like a lamb. And, um, And so I think the times where I grow the most, in Jesus is when I just will like position myself and position my heart, like as just like a lamb and like, he's my shepherd and he's going to lead me and he's going to guide me and he's going to show me and direct me. And, um, you know, I want to be a lion that roars and does amazing things for God. Um, but the, the sweet space for me really is like, I'm just, I'm just as lamb you know, and not just as lamb, but I'm his lamb, you know, yeah. um, and and that's, yeah. a great, that's a great place to be, isn't it? Because then you're not defined by the gift. You're defined oh. by your identity. You know, right. Even if you get it wrong or something doesn't go the way you thought it would. Yeah. Yeah, because even when I first, like, discovered the gifts, I think I was enamored with the gifts. Yeah. More than the giver. And yeah. And Jesus was just like, just, just wait. <laughs> just wait, <laughs> you know. Um, and I think you know, there comes a place where, you know, um, yeah, he's just like, he, he just loves you into who you are supposed to be. Um, and gifts and all, like all that stuff. So, no. Maybe if we, cause I, I haven't got, like I have, I've got questions prepared, but in terms of where we're flowing, I think I want to piggyback off what you were saying, Kev of spiritual mums and dads. Cause for me, you guys are spiritual mums and dads and have been that for many people. For those watching, I've been corrected by these guys multiple times <laughs> in a loving way, in a loving, cause it's like, you know, you feel, um, you know, 
when you yeah, go... you've never done anything wrong. <laughs> what are you no, talking about? You're perfect. It wasn't wrong. It was... I don't remember this. <laughs> well, maybe it wasn't you. Maybe it was Kevin. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember when you said that? Like you could have said. <laughs> um, you know, but I, I often say this about. I've often said it about you, Kev, and and Catherine Ronala as well. Like I'll leave. You know, we'll leave, and I'm, I'm like, ah, oh, I think I just got, I think I got corrected, but I feel good. Like, <laughs> it feels, I feel alive because it's mm. like, I know they love me. I know mm. they're for me, you know, all of those things. Um, but it's, it is something that I'm seeing, um, if we're not careful in the church, we're, we're in the kingdom, we're, we're, we're losing an element of that healthy, and we've all seen it done unhealthily where it's control or manipulation or fear driven or whatever, um, you know, and I'm sure there's times where we've got it wrong as well, but it's, it's like, yeah. Can, can you guys speak into that? I think, cause I think it's something that um, I'm asking a really broad question. I know, but um, in terms of, yeah, if someone's listening going, Oh, how, you know, what does that look like? How do I approach that? You know, I've often said to people, um, you know, it, it has to be people that you're, you know, there's different layers. Obviously people can spiritual mentor you from a distance, like Randall Wall is doing that, you know, for you and um, in this season. And then there's those actual personal, Paul said, you know, in, imitate me as I imitate Christ kind of thing, you know. So how have you guys gone about that? And what do you see um, developing that as a healthy culture for maybe people in church? Anyway, there you go. I've thrown, I've thrown you. I've thrown you a big one. <laughs> so I love when the Lord disciplines me because it always feels really loving. Like you were saying, Liam. Like when he, you know, I think it's what uh, Hebrew twelve that says, you know, um, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but we'll reap a harvest of righteousness. Mm. Um, and then, you know, God disciplines those He loves, and I mean, there's so many, you know. Though early on in my walk with Jesus, correction felt like rejection. So I would like crumble. Like um, that was about my own heart probably and where the healing that needed to happen. Um, uh, But now I love to be corrected. Well, I don't love it. Most times (laughs) I like it. Um, But um, you know, when, when we're doing it the way that Jesus does it, the way the Father does it, um, it really feels like um, it, it's kind of, it is like you said, like, hold on a second. Like, that was, that was, I think I just got corrected. Like, you know, or almost like an adjustment. Like, oh, something was off and now it's right and it feels so much better. Mm. Um, and I think in a, as we grow a culture of spiritual moms and dads and sons and daughters and um, like correction has to just be a part of like, that has to just be a part of our our culture. Like not like this, like um, there's this, there's no shame in needing to be corrected. Mm. Um, And there's, it's not shame and rejection. This is about acceptance and love. And I really belong, actually. 
it's a sign of belonging. It's a sign of love. It's a sign of maturity. It's a sign that, um, but along the line, along that process, there's just so much grace and room for growth in that, I think. Um, so, um, yeah. yeah, it's good. And you guys have modeled that so well in, in that humility part um, of just like, I mean, like you said, Kev, it's just like, we, we didn't know, you know, we didn't even know what we were doing. It's, it's like, you know, um, I, I, I've said that to our, our leaders at times. I'm like, oh, join me in this journey of figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, and that, that, that's part of it is too, is, is that, you know, um, in, in, well, I could talk about leaders, but, um, that that's another recording we, conversation we can have, but ultimately um, that is part of it is kind of going as soon as I do think I totally know something to the point where I'm not even really um, I'm not putting myself in a posture of receiving from the Lord in that way, then I'm, I'm in dangerous territory. Um, again, there's certain things he teaches you so many times that you're like, yeah, I don't need to, uh, you know, he, well, He's always giving you deeper revelation um, because he's always speaking to the heart. And something I learned a year ago, I go, oh, now I know that. He's going, let's talk about that again because I can only give you a certain amount of understanding in that because your heart was only in a place that could understand, you know, 10% of it. I need to do a deeper work in your heart that now I can give you 20%. And those those two things always go hand in hand. Um, that if God's going to give you a revelation and understanding to any area, whether it's leadership, whether it's fatherhood, whether it's parenting, whether it's um, whatever it is, serving, um, uh, even in work relationships, um, ultimately he's going to try to get to your heart to give you something that you can put into practice. So that, that, that takes right there. It's that heart posture of humility of going, I, I've got so much to learn. I've, I, and, um, and that is part of it. As soon as either you think um, you don't have anything to learn or the people around you act like you don't have anything to learn, um, that you're an expert in something, um, you may find yourself in a situation that is going to reinforce the fact that you don't know as much as you know. Um, most of the time it's the Lord putting you in that place. But as far as like, you know, fathering too, I think it helps, like you said, to model. Um, it was really easy for me to go. Yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. We need to we need to follow the Lord in this uh, because I really didn't know what I was doing in that way. Um, but then it, there's a a um, it goes both ways. Like being a spiritual son. If you, well, I'll put it this way: if you want to be a spiritual mother and father, you have to go on a journey of being spiritual sons and daughters. Mm. Because if not, if you're going, I can be a father, but I don't have to be a son. And you're saying, then what you really are is an orphan and orphans always beget orphans. Yeah. That's good. And that's a reality. Um, and then ch- that's why churches look more like spiritual orphanages mm-hmm. than they do like spiritual families. Yeah, it's good. And that's always a journey. Um, and you in, in want a way. spiritual you want a spiritual mom and dad who haven't outgrown spiritual daughtership and sonship either. Like that's yeah, their never, identity. Never graduate from that, do we? Yeah, no, like that's can't. their identity. Their identity yeah. isn't actually rooted in being the father and the son. You know, it, it's rooted in, in the father 
you know, and they're just being like him because they've just grown up and, you know, what they've, you know, beheld, they've become. Um, So. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Awesome. Hey, what, what is, what is something that you guys are seeing either, you know, for the church as a whole or just, um, you know, just even if it's for our church or, um, you know, what are you guys seeing in this next season? Obviously we're all in COVID-19 and um, what are you guys seeing prophetically and, and, and um, spiritually, you know, just feel free to share with, we've probably got about 10 minutes or so um, before I have to, to head off. But if you guys, yeah, if you guys, I'd love you to share just, What's on what's on the Lord's heart or what you guys are seeing? Um, you want to go first? No, you go. You can go first. <laughs> um, you hang up. <laughs> I, I would say, man, a lot uh, right now. Um, so I'll start with one that's probably obvious. Um, the whole world's been shaken on some degree. Probably like never before in human history where there's been a global shaking of this way. And I think it really has shaken people. And I think part of it is, is that especially for those who don't know Jesus, you know, Jesus gives a story about the man who builds his house on the rock versus the man who builds his house on the sand. And when the storms of life come, the one who stays on the, the, who's built his house on the rock is secure. The one who builds his house on his sand, he loses everything. And so even if people haven't lost everything in this, I think there's a shaking because inside the hearts of people that know they have not built their house firmly on the rock of Jesus Christ, there's a fear and a trembling that goes to the soul of who they are. And so um, I think it's going to be important that those who have built their life on the rock don't come with an arrogance to go, you know why you've got a problem with fear? Because you built your house on the sand. Very good. You know, that's like telling a kid who's afraid of the dark, hey, stop being afraid of the dark. Yeah. You know, what we need to say is, man, I, I know what you're going through. Um, I've felt that too. Can I, te- can I share with you um, what I'm experiencing right now in the midst of the storm? Um, and if you can come in with humility like that, I think there's people who will listen. Mm. Um, and I, so that's part of it. There's a global shakening that I think the Lord is revealing how much of our lives and not, and not just people. And I'm talking about even church people who say, yeah, I got, I'm going to church. I got the Jesus package to my life. I've added it onto my life. Mm-hmm. If their, if their whole life isn't firmly founded on Jesus, the shaking is really messing with us too. We just add church language to it. Yeah. And so I think that's part of it. I think the second thing uh, that I would say that I feel like the Lord, the, that is happening in that, um, is that the importance of community again. Yeah. Um, Very good. Because you can be discipled to a certain degree by someone on the other side of the planet, um, or even from another time. Um, you can get some information from that. You can get some, even some level of impartation. But our souls were made to live in community. Yeah, and that's face-to-face, 
flesh on flesh, the, all the messiness of it. It's the submission spirit of going, we're mutually submitted to each other as part of a family. Um, that's transformation. Um, and I think the Lord is trying to get us back to that. And th that's not about size of church or whatever like that, but it is about, um, cause you can be a part of a small church and not do that. You'll be part of a big church and do that or not do it too. So I think, I think the, the models aren't as important as the connection. And I think that's really, so what would you say to that? That's a good word. Yeah. Um, so, um, in the last couple of weeks and months for me at work, um, you know, sometimes when people are trying to have a spiritual conversation with me, I will sometimes talk about my church, but in the last couple of months, um, even pre COVID, I've been learning, um, to talk more about Jesus. Um, and, um, and it's been really good not me talking about Jesus, but saying to my coworkers who don't know Jesus at all. And sometimes I feel like they're far from him, you know, but for me to go, Hey, I want you to read this passage and just tell me what your thoughts are. What are you thinking? How do you feel? Um, and it's been amazing. It's been really, really great to hear, to have these conversations with people that sometimes I just feel overwhelmed by not knowing how to, bring them into the presence of Jesus. And, um, but simply by kind of saying, I want to hear what your thoughts are. I want to hear what, how you feel about Jesus and what you think about him. And, um, you know, they're texting me on their days off. Like I just read this passage and like, I just love this version of the Bible and <laughs> I've never read this before. And, you know, and I'm like, yeah, they're, they're, they're nearer to the kingdom. Um, and to the king. And um, I didn't do any, I didn't do much. I didn't do anything other than kind of put them in the same space. Um, that's been really encouraging for me, like to realize, you know, um, people are actually really hungry. And it's not my job to force feed them. Um, but I do have things I can feed them. Um, and I, I really just want to encourage people that um, a couple of years ago, the Lord said something to me, and I really feel like it's in this season, um, something that is that um, hiddenness isn't about insignificance, but about significance. Um, and there are things that are happening in the hidden places um, in people's lives. There are things that Jesus is doing in their lives that are quiet, that nobody sees. Um, and, but they've been really faithful or they've been really crying out for this, or, you know, they've just been longing for Jesus to, to do something or, um, or, or for themselves to be something. And I just feel like, you know, it's felt hidden. Um, and I feel like Jesus is just saying, you know, that thing that doesn't feel like it's significant is significant, um, and is going to be significant. Um, but more than that, like the person is significant. Um, and so, um, I guess the other thing is like at the beginning of the year, um, John 15 was just like something that the Lord just kept bringing back to me. Um, and the story of Caleb and Joshua, um, those two stories. So John 15 being connected to the vine and then, um, Caleb and Joshua, um, 
being, um, you know, that Moses would go into the tent of meeting, but Joshua would linger longer. And um, just being in that place of connection um, with the presence, with the person of Jesus, um, and just delighting in that and enjoying that and um and you know that that you know i don't know much else other than jesus was like that's just the sweet space like that's the sweet spot to be in right now um all the time probably but it just felt like extra significant um that courage was coming um in the incubator of his presence that's good. Hey, could you guys, could you guys pray, pray for us, pray for the church here? Absolutely. Yeah, we'd love yeah. to. That was good. I mean, that was there was just so much wisdom, simple but pra- practical, simple, deep. There was a lot in there. I'm getting, I'm getting, getting in the glory. <laughs> good. <laughs> I need it. I'm trying to make that light, you know, perfect halo there. There we go. Yeah, there you go. There it is. There there it is. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll start, Carrie. You can finish. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I just want to pray. Um, I'll let Carrie pray for you. I, I just want to just bless um, Glory City. Mm. Um, Lord, I, I bless my friends um, uh, and even new friends who I, we haven't met yet. Uh, I bless them. I bless you, Glory City, in the name of Jesus Christ, to feel the nearness, the closeness, the favor of the Lord, to feel his pleasure over you, even when you're not performing up to the standards that you've even set for yourself, um, to know that um, he's not disillusioned with you because he was never illusioned with you to begin with. Um, he's not expecting perfection because he knew your imperfections when he called you. I bless you, Glory City, and every person there um, to feel um, not only the pleasure of the Lord, but to feel his passion towards your life and to feel his passion towards his purpose to which you were created individually and also collectively. I want to I want to bless Glory City as a community now. Even if there's people that only come once a month, once every 6 8 weeks, even for in, in every person who's there all the time, I bless you as a community that the Lord sees you individually, but he sees you as a whole and has created Glory City for a purpose for this season and for this time. I bless you to know how all the pieces are knit together from his perspective and that an attitude of humility will form those pieces in a collective way. Mm -hmm. I bless you, Glory City, to be um, seasoned with grace that when that fitting comes together, um, it won't come with friction, but will come with blessing and just, I release just the oil of heaven over every part of who you are. Mm. Um, Just to drip with the oil of the presence of God, that it will be, you will be saturated with grace that when you come together, um, you'll fit really well. Um, And I feel like, um, sorry, I'm slipping into prophecy. I feel like glory city. You guys have a place in your city right now 
that you need to stand up, stand together, and stand out to what God has called you for. Do not shrink back. Hmm. Yeah. You need to stand up, stand together, and to stand out for what God has you there for right now. Um, and your collective whisper is going to be a, um, a heavenly shout for this time. Um, you don't have to shout. You just need uh, to, to come together. Um, and your collective voice will be a shout that will shake the gates of hell and will reverberate in the halls of heaven. Yeah, and I just pray, um, I pray, Glory City, that you would be a place where the crushed ones can come and be released. The new wine would be released. Mm. That the crushing wouldn't be this dry, hard crushing, but it would be a crushing that would release the new wine of the Spirit. Mm. Um, so I just bless you guys with eyes to see when the Lord is bringing those people to you and just to release the new wine of his spirit. Um, he's going to bring you some fiery, passionate um, people, but they're going to come presenting as the crushed ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just bless you guys with, to be the ones that, that release the Holy Spirit, to fill them to overflowing. Um, And Glory City, I just pray um, that you would know that you are his lambs. Mm. Um, That you would know that you are his lambs and that he adores you and that he loves you, that he's leading you, he's guiding you, he's providing for you, Um, he delights in you, Um, that you would know his comfort and his affection and his joy, that you would know his joy and delight over you um, and, and who you are as a community and who you are individually. Um, and I pray um, that you would just be able to position yourselves to receive from the good shepherd mm. um, and to sit at his feet and just to enjoy him and to adore him um, and to receive everything that you need from him um, and to take joy uh, in that humble, uh, sweet place, uh, that he has for you. And, um, Lord, I just thank you for Liam and Shen, Lord, and the leaders and God, we're just so excited for this next season for them. And Lord, I just thank you for even just this conversation that we get to have. Lord, thank you for the journey that you've had Kevin and I on, and Lord, thank you that Liam has been a part of that, and so many people who are at Glory City have been a part of our journey too, Lord, and we just say thank you for them, Um, and thank you for the things we learned in Australia. Australia, I mean, we just love you, (laughs) Um, and and we just bless you guys with everything um, that the Father has for you, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. That was good. Oh, so good. To, thank you for this opportunity. What an honor. Love we it. Go, we could go for ages, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> part one of part 10. Of yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, love you guys. And um, thank you, thank you so it. much for pouring into us. And um, yeah, you're amazing. Give our love to Hannah and, and Noah. Definitely. We will. They're doing good. Have you going to have dinner with them soon? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Glory City, we give you guys yeah. like the virtual Zoom yeah. hug right now. Yeah. We're giving you the hugs. All the loves. Bless you. <laughs>